But where are you really from? A podcast about the Asian American struggle. Hi, I'm Jesse Lin, and I'm Angela Lin, and welcome to another episode of "But Where Are You Really From?" Yeah, yeah, yeah! It's Pride Month in June, so we're doing a Pride-oriented episode where we talk about all things gay and what that means to all of us. And to help us explore all the different spectrums of the rainbow, we have a special guest joining us today, Tong. Thank you, Jesse. Hi, everyone. My name is Tong Zhang. I'm here to provide some diversified perspective in the LGBT community. I consider myself a lesbian, or <laughs> actually,、um, I don't know, like a bisexual. I don't know how to like really define myself, but like I'm happily married、uh, with my partner and currently live in Redwood City in California. I know Angela through work and just know she's an awesome person and would love to share my perspective. On the special occasion, so glad to be here. Yeah, Tong's one of my favorite ex coworkers, so really happy <laughs> to have her on. So we have the two of you bringing different queer perspectives. Pride means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I think we wanted to start off this episode by asking. What exactly does pride mean to you? For me, I just feel like pride means to celebrate yourself and just be unabashedly like who you are. And being gay is part of that, and that's worth celebrating. But I think it's also worth celebrating all parts of you that. Make you the person that you are, including being gay. And when I was younger, it was like not really that much thinking for me in terms of where things were for the LGBT community just like 50 years ago, and like all the work that has been done to get us to where we are now. But now that I'm older and we're seeing all. These kind of social movements, pride more and more means like thinking back about also like how hard people worked and fought to get the rights that we have today, so that we can go out to bars and socialize with gay people without being scrutinized. Like we can exist in society without having to defend our existence like constantly on the same kind of level that the people in the past did. It's about remembering that as well. Yeah, I think the accepting who you are element really resonate a lot with me. I think my journey of discovering who I am and then accepting、uh, my identity as a lesbian come later in life because I actually grew up in China and then didn't have a lot of exposure、um, earlier in my life. And then once I discovered that aspect of myself, I think pride meaning is a constant journey of accepting who I am and then discovering. That element and what does it mean to be me, and then how do I fit back to my family, my culture, and identity, and also what kind of life do I want to live going forward? And I think to Jess's point of really remembering the people who fought for you、um, before, and then why we can have this current society like with the support that we have. And celebrating for me is also really precious to be able to live in California. Where I can be openly gay and to you know walk on the street with my partner and just don't feel like I need to be self-aware of maybe I'm different. Guys, I straight up got goosebumps from your answers. Like I feel so tingly. <laughs>、oh. I love it. <laughs> Good. 
yeah, because obviously I'm just bringing the ignorant straight person view to this episode. But for me, I, I would like haven't spent that time to like deeply think about what the pride celebrations mean on those so many different layers that you guys just laid out. For me, it's just like, it's always seems like it's just this huge, happy celebration, like always brings me a lot of joy to see all the people just like being themselves in the streets and like letting loose. And it always feels like there's a lot of love in that environment. So I've always associated it with just like a lot of positivity and love and excitement and energy. But for you guys, it means so much more because of like the history of what it's taken to get you guys to be in a a more equal state than you've been in the past. So very cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think in order to talk about sexual identity, there is this broader topic of sex, dating, the concepts that we were raised around given our cultural upbringings as being Taiwanese and Chinese. So let's start off first with the way that we were brought up by our parents and how that's affected the way that we look at sex. My perspective is that in general, it was just like, something you don't talk about, even though it's like, you all know this thing exists and that's where babies come from. But like, let's just play ignorance is bliss and like never discuss it. Maybe there was like one conversation about how you should stay away from like inappropriate materials. And that was basically- Materials? Like, yeah. <laughs> like they basically like pornography. They were like, oh. don't look at pornography. Yeah, like my parents, it's so funny. Um, growing up, I will have like this question, like, where do I come from? And they would say, oh, you burst out of the stone or, oh, we just like got you, found you outside the hospital. And that's like literally their answers to me. And sometimes I really concerned, like, am I really like your kid? I don't know what kind of like motivation oh my- there, but like when I talk to my friends, from China, that's like not uncommon for them wow. to get these type of answers. So it's like I've never heard that. Is that the Chinese version of like the stork dropped you off? Yeah, like uh, I think in the Asian literature from China, like there was like this, yeah, Monkey King actually was oh. like, caught up the, the stone. So like, mm. I feel like they just thought this is like a cool reference oh God, from the, <laughs> the stories. But yeah, they just never are willing to talk about this. Yeah, we understood that like white people have these birds and the bees type conversations with their kids but that's just like not not a concept that happens with asian kids because it's an uncomfortable topic for asian parents so they just don't want to have it so let's talk about how that kind of like absent conversation and the attitudes that our parents had towards sex dating and marriage kind of affected our attitudes towards that growing up and how it might have changed since then after we've like had our own life experiences 
So I think one of the important things to discuss first is kind of like when you think about dating and marriage as concepts, how are they different in the U.S. versus in Asia? My perspective is that in the U.S. it is like a lot of casual dating versus what I heard from like my cousins who grew up in Taiwan and like later moved here. It's more like you like someone and then you like tell them you like them and then when you agree to go on a date, then you're like in a relationship. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's just like really serious. I feel like before I came to the states, there's no this definition or concept of dating. To your question around growing up in China, how do I treat like dating or even marriage? Those concepts didn't exist prior to college, because <laughs> all your way till like the college entrance exam, your whole goal is to study. So like it's also viewed as like. Guilty in a way if you are dating. So if you are actually dating, everyone will think you are like a bad student. So literally, no one dated in high school. I mean, like you cannot prohibit from people、right. have feelings for each other. But I don't think it's a healthy way of educating what is marriage, what does it mean to be in a relationship, and all the responsibility. And then suddenly, when you get into college, when you're like eighteen, nineteen, everyone expect you to start dating. So you just like this huge gap of expectation is really weird. That's so funny because I have kind of the same experience. When I was younger, like even in my teenager years, like in high school, when I would have like aunts and uncles visits from Taiwan, or they would just call, they would like always ask my mom, like, "Is he dating anyone?" So like I thought what Angela said was the case where it was like they're always dating and it's always wholesome, and I would always get these cute little stories about how like my cousins has a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they were like maybe like eleven or twelve. Maybe it's slightly different between Taiwan and China, then.、Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. If the parents think you're not serious, then it's okay. When you are actually really serious about、mm -hmm. the relationship, that's when there's a lot of resistance from your parents and teacher whether the relationship will affect you. Hilarious,、uh, because I feel like my parents tried to bring some of that mentality into my life when I was growing up. They were like, "You are not allowed to date until college." And then as soon as I started college, it just became so serious. Any person you date from now on, I'm going to assume you might marry them. You know what? It's interesting that both. Of you have shared that experience because my parents never asked about my dating life really until like the very end of college, and I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that I'm a man and you guys are women. When people would ask, it was easy to put it off because I would say like I'm working on. My school, my career, and it would be enough to like satiate people for the time being. I definitely think your gender plays into it because there's like two factors there. One is like don't get married too late because then you'll have problem with getting pregnant with children. But second is like getting pregnant early is a problem, so they want to make sure there's zero possibility you're gonna get teenage pregnancy or anything like that. That's my perspective, but Tong, I don't know if you have a different perspective from actually growing up in Asia. Yeah, my parents and family definitely want to be nosy <laughs> about <laughs> everything, but because I left China, so I actually came to the state right after college.、Mm. So I 
used every reason that Jesse mentioned. I was like, oh, I'm doing grad school. I need to focus yes. on my, uh, yes. my <laughs> study. And then later, I started working so far away from them, so they cannot see my actual life status. So I always like use career as a shield of like not wanting to have that discussion with them. Do you feel like that's like changed after you started dating people? Honestly, like the whole dating thing from my parents have been really limited in terms of like the more mechanical stuff, like the whole birds and the bees conversation. That that still has never happened. Really, the only information that they ever gave me was that like if you're seeing someone, like just make sure this is someone that will treat you well. The way my mom always posed sex to me was like it is kind of mechanical, like you said, Jesse. So it's hard to have like real conversations with my parents about relationships and definitely never sex because, like, my mom, for example, when I did start dating and I was like, maybe she has advice for me. I was like, I, then I learned actually, my dad was her first ever boyfriend, and then they got married. So like, there's nothing to draw on for me. Yeah, I want to say like I think my parents, my fathers especially, they gave me a lot of freedom, autonomy to make decisions, like life decisions. And I think with that like kind of space and autonomy, they trust my decision in like whoever I decide to be a life partner before. Like that's all before they know that I was like gay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like until then, I feel like they were like pretty hands off um, in terms of, like. If I'm dating someone, because I think my mom was tell me whenever she talks about my relationship issues with my with my father, and he,、uh, he will always say, "Oh, like Tom will be fine. She knows what she wants." So I feel like, in a way, I was grateful for that. Now we are transitioning into the topic of sexual identity. Let's start with something that is most fundamental. At what point in your lives did you first know that you were attracted to a person of your same gender? Was there like an aha moment, like, oh, why do I think that person's cute, or was it just like you, you just always knew it was just like an underlying thing? So my sexual awareness that I'm actually gay was pretty late. I think it was when I was like. 25 or 26, almost. So that's when I started working in New York.、Um, at that time, I was a reporter. There was this girl.、Um, she was like openly gay, and、yeah. she started really chase me in terms of like she wanted me to be her girlfriend in a really open way. And at the time, I was like, I, I, I think I refused her for a straight three months because like up till that point in my life. There's no option that I like. I could be dating a girl. Yeah. It's just like not in my education, not in everything that I was like brought up to. But then I like started treating her as a friend. So I friends on her. We still have a group of girls. <laughs> <laughs> like we go out to eat and we go out to the beach. I think like that change. It's not like an aha moment, but it just like gradually I realized I care more about this person. Who I am with, and then the way that I'm feeling about myself when I'm around that person. It just like gradually as I, the more I get to know her and get to know more about myself, I just thought like, yeah, there could be this possibility. I started to try to explore this concept. Then immediately I get into this self denial moment and really like start to questioning if there's anything wrong with myself. And I think at that time I had a 
bestie in New York, like it just like really randomly she was going through the same thing. So we supported each other and um, telling each other it's okay, it's totally normal. <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, and a lot of like um, reflecting on what really matters to me in a relationship and then realizing that person sex is not an issue for me. So I decided to give it a try. And that's how I started my first relationship with a girl. How about you, Jesse? When was when did you first know? You know, I was thinking really hard about this when we first discussed this and also while Tong was talking. But honestly, I feel like when I hit puberty and I started to like have a concept of what sexual attraction was, like I feel like I always knew. And like there was never a point where I was like attracted to girls. So for me, I don't think I had like I think I had an easier time than you did, Tom, because I never had a moment where I had to like re-question all of my life's attractions and like make room for a different set of people because I feel like I always, I always knew. So to that end, Tong, you already kind of talked about your process and how long it took you to accept yourself, but I'm curious about how long it took both of you to reach acceptance, but also to the point where you were willing to tell other people. For me, it was right away. Uh, once I decided I want to give this relationship a try, I immediately told all my closest friends in China and then the friends circle that I had in New York. And it just didn't feel like I there's a need for me to hide. Definitely, except for my parents, my folks at home. Um, but I was pretty open and honest with everyone around me. And How did that go? Was it mostly positive or did you have any like people who you wish would have taken it better and, and didn't? No, I think all my friends were super supportive. I think I was really pleasantly surprised by my friends who were still in China. And then some of them even started a conversation with their parents mm. because they know mm. me. And then what I later realized is parents can be really reasonable and open about LGBT as long as you're not their kid. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that conversation was helpful. And I was really like, you know, uh, felt like fortunate to have all my friends to support, but the family part was like a whole nother story. Well, maybe we'll get to that, but I want to mm -hmm. make sure Jesse gets to his because I seem to remember you going through this since yeah. we grew up together. Yeah, so many phases. Honestly, like, I think I'm still working to like accept all the parts of myself and love myself as I am. When did I actually start telling people? end of high school basically is when I first started telling people and obviously I told Angela first and I didn't even remember this but you did when I when we were discussing this but apparently I told Angela first that I was bi because I was like still really confused about the whole thing and I think I was just like clinging to the straightness of it all to be like this is like the north on the compass like this is what everyone else is so like to say like completely no and to let go of that life raft was so terrifying that I couldn't even be like completely honest to you about it and even to myself but yeah so I told Angela first then I told like a handful of other friends from high school and then from college onwards it was basically just kind of like if anyone asked I would tell them the truth unless I felt like uncomfortable about it and then obviously the same with the family like some people know some people don't know yeah let's dig into the family piece a little bit more. yes first do both of your parents know? And if they do, how long did it take you to 
decide like I need I need to tell them it's gonna be fucking hard but I need to tell them and did you tell both of them at the same time or was there like one parent you kind of trusted more than the other to take it well how did that play out Jesse you go first <laughs> <laughs> okay okay not both of my parents know only my mom knows as far as I'm aware and it was something that I didn't tell her until basically like I was about to graduate from college and it had been sitting on my mind for a while, but there were a couple reasons why I didn't tell her. Like the first was, I wasn't sure if she was like ready to hear that. And so I was putting it off trying to, and at that time there was like actually a lot, a lot of stuff going on regarding like gay rights, gay marriage and all that stuff. So I was kind of like trying to get a feel of like how they were reacting to all this news to understand where their perspective sat on it. The second thing was, you know, was a struggle for me to accept myself as who I am and so I think even in college like I wasn't so comfortable with myself yet that I felt really strong in my position to go to my parents and be like this is who I am and there's no like if and or buts about it I don't know I think the third was just like I'm was scared to tell them and shatter the illusion of having a good relationship with my parents Tong how about you yeah so um thinking about the story just like makes me feel like you know like, mm. uh, nervous or even just like a lot of traumatic memory um so I actually um dated with my first girlfriend back then for like almost two years and then I applied to B school and got accepted to Stanford which I thought was a huge personal accomplishment on my part and then it just like with a lot of exciting things happening in my life Somehow I just got this courage. I need to tell my parents I'm actually dating a girl and this person is so instrumental in getting into business school and supporting me to get to the next stage of my life. So I flew back to China to my uh, stay with my family the summer before business school. And then the second to last week I'm at home, I broke the news to my mom. And to my surprise, she took it in like calmly and like was pretty receptive to that. And then we had a really like honest and deep conversation about what does happiness and good marriage mean to mm. her. And that was the first time we had talked about all of this. And then I saw like she was really supportive. But then my mom actually called my dad the night I broke the news to her. And then somehow in her recount of the story, my dad thought I'm gonna like go with this girl, get married and like leave the family. What? It, yeah, it just like, and then he stormed home. He was on a business trip. He decided to come back home early. Oh my God. And then it was not good. <laughs> yeah, so like a conversation about like me having with my mom feel like pretty proud to share my life update to be really like ready to be open with them, turn into a fight from my dad and then like a conversation turned into like they're so disgraceful of like who I become and then my dad went all the way to like disowning me and then how can he even like go back to my grandparents that I reached a monster so like everything happened so quickly and then that conversation just became really traumatic like even now thinking back I still feel the pain in me and I remember I was just sitting in the living room while he was going on with all the speech I just felt like so I just don't know why I existed basically I feel like all my existence prior to that was denied and then it doesn't make sense for me to even go to Stanford and they were like smoking to get my passport taken. So all of that. So like 
Wow. It's just like a really hard stance for me to keep fighting. And then I think I made a compromise saying like, okay, let me see what can I do with this? Like, I don't want you to feel like this hurt. But then also I was like, I didn't know how to process all of that basically. I feel like you're so harsh on yourself because of the way they, you know, reacted. But I don't think you should look at the way you presented it to them as like being impulsive. This is something that was like, a big part of who you were and that was bringing you a lot of happiness and like support in your life and you just wanted to share it with them like coming out in general is going to be difficult for anyone but there's like this added layer because of our cultural upbringing of family values prolonging the legacy of like your family's name and like having children and honoring your lineage that kind of stuff so how much of the fear of bringing it up with your parents was attributed to like the cultural upbringing piece versus just like general fear of telling them something that's not society's definition of normal? You know, like we grew up in California, so the Asian upbringing was there, but I don't think it's as surrounding as I think it would be if you grew up in China where everyone else has the same kind of situation. So from my perspective, yes, the cultural piece is like kind of important. But at that point in my life, like my parents in sometimes now that they still feel like strangers in the sense that I don't know them as well as I would like to. And what if I were to tell them this big secret about me? And then that was just it. We don't right. really know each other that well. And I'm exposing to them a huge piece of my life. And they were to reject me for being honest about who I was. That was like such a scary concept that I just couldn't. I couldn't do it until I was basically at the level where I was like, I feel safe emotionally with who I am. And also I feel safe in the sense that like, I'm not going to be like broken on the street if I get disowned. I think you're right. The fact that you're first gen, I'm sure plays into a lot of like whether or not the cultural aspect of it had like a heavy hand in how you perceived how like burdensome that conversation would be. Tong, I'm curious mm -hmm. about how much the Chinese-ness of it all played into how you were feeling about it since you did grow up in China until college, right? I didn't realize the conflict until I went through it. My whole like upbringing in China, it was just like no homosexual, like there's just not a concept. So it just like, it never occurred to me that I like, I just never really try to go deeper to understand like what is like LGBT, what does it mean to be part of this community where even like support them. But then after came to America, I think Jesse, where you said like, you know, seeing all walks of life and then really like you can be whoever you want to be and all of that, like thinking is really encouraging and powerful. So being able to like really understand what drive me and then who I want to be. But then like those two elements just clashed really in a way that I never thought it would be after the coming out process. So I still like today, I'm constantly struggling my responsibility to my parents, to my family versus like, I want to live a life that I feel I'm staying true to who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't want to live a life to fulfill my parents' dream. We talked about filial piety as a previous episode. So sense of duty is strong for sure for yeah. many reasons. Okay. Okay. Heavy stuff. Thank you both for sharing those experiences and sorry to make you recount some not so fun parts of it. You talked about 
in general, the US being a place where you can like be who you want to be and own that identity for yourself. I'm curious how that played out when you first entered this community with other gay, lesbian, bisexual people. And like, was that a full embrace? Was it everything you hoped for? Or was it like there were some surprising, not so fun moments in that too? I think the key here is be who you want to be. And who I wanted to be was like a big question mark. So I struggled a little bit to find what it means to be gay for me. I was trying to fit all these stereotypes that you see on on the television. And I think I tried that for a little bit and it was just not for me. Like it, it was fun for most parts of it, but it was also very tiring, not fulfilling. The friends were not really as good of friends as you thought. But I'm not gonna, I won't lie, like the whole process of finding what kind of gay person you are is it's very fun i mean for me i went out a lot like i met a lot of people i did a lot of crazy stuff like and i still am (laughs) but yeah yeah i think my entering to the lgbt community was when i started b school you know like at b school you have all this like communities and groups so there was a pride group on campus and then that's how i got to meet a lot of like lgbt folks the group really created a really safe space for people to share. So we have like coming out day and we have retreat. So through that bonding experience, I really understood how strong the support can be because you share some like pretty tough experience and you come out stronger. Like the, the groups at this school will be the main social circle. And then I also met my wife um, through B-School. So that's just like a huge bonus. <laughs> I'm curious mm-hmm. if you did have any experiences going out into like LGBT society in Asia and what that's like versus in the mm-hmm. US. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think my kind of experience, will. my wife is from Malaysia originally, so I can see like through her lens. And I think it's definitely pretty tough for her as well, because I think from another perspective, uh, which is religion, uh, her mom is a really Christian yeah. person. It's just like really hard for her to, like she tried to come out to her mom for like 10 years now, and she still cannot like really fully accept mm-hmm. who she is. And then I think when I was traveling in Taiwan or Taipei specifically, like we weren't like going out to like at gay <laughs> bars per se, but like when you're like touring the site or going to like restaurants or cafe, if you see like people that you can tell they're lesbian, you can like check them out. And I feel like you know, there, there are a lot of people that like, I feel like it's just like more accepting in a way. I feel like especially young people. And then I see a lot of girls who are like, you know, holding hands and like all of that, um, but not like really in the deeper sense. Like I have friends who are LGBT, like who I met through B-School that went back to China. And I think it's still a real struggle for them. All right, let's close out with our fortune cookie closing section because we like to end on a sweet treat. So let's completely break from all of this. Let's shed some of the heaviness of today's conversation and just end with something super fun. I am curious to know what famous person was your first sexual awakening? Like for me, 
My first sexual awakening was Cocoum from Pocahontas. You remember him? He's the the suitor that her dad wanted him to marry. Oh, he was so hot. He was ripped. He was like stoic, so handsome. And when she was like, I don't know if I should marry Cocoum, I'm like, you're a dumb bitch. You should marry Cocoum. Forget John Smith. So he's mine. How about you guys? I want to say it was like really Jay Chow because <laughs> at the time it was like kind of the same time as puberty and both Angela and I were like getting into like more Asian stuff. And it was also a time that he was getting really popular. And I just remember there was like a picture of him. I don't think it was an album cover, but it was some kind of like publicity image of him just like shirtless. And I was like, that is really sexy. <laughs> I couldn't really think of at the time, but I think my friend asked me a question, like if you can like fantasize or think about like someone you want to kiss or make out who that person would be. And then I think that person would be Kira Knightley. Oh. <laughs> and I, I always, yeah, I don't know how, but just like love all her movies. And I even like went to Broadway when she was in town for a play. Just like something about her just make me feel she's super attractive. Yeah. She's super <laughs> elegant, beautiful, but yeah, the, yeah. Yes. yeah. This is super fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you for yeah, joining thank us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. All right, guys. So I think we had a pretty fun episode and we covered some interesting and heavy topics. So as usual, if you guys have any stories or feedback or anything you want to share with us regarding your experience as, an, as a straight person, as an LGBT individual, please feel free to send us some love. Send us an email at telluswhereyou'refrom at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U-R-E. And as always, come back next week. We'll have a new episode for you then. And until then, Sai Jen, bitches! bitches.